Hub Heroes listeners, this episode is brought to you by Simple Events, a true game changer that integrates with your HubSpot CRM. Ready to revolutionize your event management process? Well, imagine this. You're tasked with planning an event. It could be an intimate workshop or a large-scale corporate event. The thought alone can be daunting. That's where Simple Events transforms your event planning into a smooth, stress-free process. No matter the size of your business or the type of event, in-person or virtual, Simple Events is your ideal partner. Simple Events is a comprehensive solution that simplifies every aspect of event management, from creating detailed attendee lists to setting up efficient workflows. Say goodbye to the hassle of juggling multiple platforms. With Simple Events, everything you need is in one convenient place. That's right. Simple Events is about empowering your events and enhancing every detail using the robust capabilities of the CRM you love. HubSpot. Unlike other tools, you can control the full event experience in your HubSpot portal. Are you ready to revolutionize how you manage events? Then visit SidekickStrategies.com forward slash simple. That's SidekickStrategies.com forward slash simple. As a bonus, make sure to use the special Hub Heroes promo code HELPFUL, all capitals, HELPFUL, for an exclusive discount on the Simple Events Pro Plan and step into the world of Simple Events, turning your next event from successful to spectacular. Do you live in a world filled with corporate data? Are you plagued by siloed departments? Are your lackluster growth strategies demolishing your chances for success? Are you held captive by the evil menace, Lord Lack? Lack of time, lack of strategy, and lack of the most important and powerful tool in your superhero tool belt, knowledge. Never fear, hub heroes. Get ready to don your cape and mask move into action and become the hub hero your organization needs tune in each week to join the league of extraordinary inbound heroes as we help you educate empower and execute hub heroes it's time to unite and activate your powers before we begin we need to disclose that Devin is currently employed by hubspot at the time of this episode's recording This podcast is in no way affiliated with or produced by HubSpot, and the thoughts and opinions expressed by Devin during the show are that of his own and in no way represent those of his employer. Rule number one broken. There you go. To make you happy. I turned off. Dang it, George. I turned off the. uh, Are you for real? Devin. I turned that off. That's rule number one. Hey, you, you, you threw down a challenge without even knowing you threw down a challenge. I didn't throw down a challenge. That was a. That was a cry for help. What oh, are you talking about? I took it the wrong way. I'm sorry. I'm prepared for chaos. <laughs> Speaking are you of chaos, for change. Sorry. Speaking of chaos, sorry. you want to hear something fun, guys? You want to hear something crazy? Some wild. This is our last recording of 2023. Crazy. By the time this hits people's feeds, it's going to be probably the first Hub Heroes episode they listened to in 2024. Hello. Hi, 2024. Was our episode with the Hello, 2024. How is how is the future? But you know, last week we was the last episode where the whole gang was together for the year. 
This yeah. week we got a smaller crew. It's me, it's you, George, it's you, Devin. And I'm willing to wager that for all of us. That includes us and our listeners. We're looking ahead to 2024 as a big year, right? Maybe it's a make or break year. Maybe it's a, a dream big year. Maybe it's a stay the course because we're slaying the game already kind of year. Or maybe if you're me, it's a I'm about life lessened out universe. Can you chill just for a sec kind of year? But whatever the case may be, if you are thinking about 2024 in that way, this is your episode because we're not talking tools today. Guys, we're not talking optimization strategies. We're not talking wow. content tips at all. Mm. So you may be asking why a HubSpot, a HubSpot dedicated podcast isn't going to be talking about tools, tactics, strategies, best practices. Why are we doing that? Okay, I'm going to answer that for you guys by reading off a list of different situations. And then I want us to talk about what makes them similar. I so, love situations, by the way. I know. So let's pretend for a moment your predictions for results of a campaign you launched fell short because not enough of the humans you serve took the actions you wanted them to take for whatever reason. Or maybe it was the opposite. The responses were overwhelming, bigger and better than you expected. A client you absolutely love and who loves you in return and has never said a negative thing about you has to discontinue their contract. Not because you did anything wrong, but because they hit hard times. Or maybe you've hit hard times. Or maybe the market's taken a hit. Or maybe HubSpot has introduced new tools and features. Or, like they did this year, maybe an entirely new freaking hub out of nowhere that, that helps you rethink how you do inbound. Maybe your company introduces a new product or service. Maybe other content publishers and creators follow the lead of the New York Times, who this week, as we're recording this, sued OpenAI for using copyrighted materials to generate responses in its chat GBT platform. And if this suit goes in favor of the New York Times, it could result in OpenAI having to destroy any and all data sets leveraging that copyrighted material. And that is a huge precedent to set. Maybe your SaaS platform vendors are going to raise their prices that impacts your budget. Maybe a social media platform you rely on to attract, engage, and delight prospects and customers changes their algorithm, which kills the little <clears throat> organic traffic you had coming from those platforms. <clears throat> or maybe our all-time favorite, an inbound greatest hit, Google does another core update that ruins your life and impacts your search rankings. As a result, the organic traffic you're seeing to your site gets tiny and small. So what do these all have in common? What do these each of these scenarios represent? Well, I'm going to tell you first, if you're an inbounder or a business leader of any kind, you've likely experienced some, if not all, of these disruptive circumstances. I know I have definitely many of them just in this past year. Second, there's a good chance that at least one of these things will happen again to you this year, either positively or negatively. And that cuts to the heart of what we wanted to talk about today, right? In theory, we're all gallivanting into 2024 with plans and strategies. I love your galloping. Gosh, if you were watching this live through the community folks, you'd see George doing his little skip. But think about it, whether they're documented or just living in our heads or some combination of the two, we've got plans. We got things we want to do. We have business that needs to be conducted and get done. But one thing is for certain we will encounter disruptions, circumstances this year that will turn what we're working on to some degree on its head. Because even positive disruptions are disruptive in what we in that we need to pivot, adjust, and adapt. So that's what we're talking about today, guys. What do you think? I love it. I'm I'm excited. Indeed. Yeah, Devin, you hyped? Super hyped. So hyped. All right. All aboard the hype train, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. I want to open this conversation actually by asking you guys. Over the past year, 
Can you share a time when you've had to deal with an out of left field change, positive or negative, that forced you to pivot? How did you handle it? Do you wish you had things done differently? George, let's start with you. Okay. Okay. It's funny during your intro, Liz, I was like, is my office recorded? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of those scenarios that were like just hit home. But you know, the one that immediately comes to mind that I think there's some lessons that could be learned uh, out out of uh, what I'm going to share is, you know, while we've been able to weather the storm through tough times, you know, there's some of our clients have not been able to in 2023. And, and there were, you know, a couple who had to pause, by the way, their words, not mine, I have yet to really have somebody quit I fired somebody, by the way, but really have yet to have somebody quit. But I've had multiple people pause for like certain reasons. One of these in particular was a pretty freaking hefty monthly retainer. Now, as a small like business, just getting started in this past kind of, you know, this was the first year, 2023. I was 2022, six months. Then this was like a full full year. Um, Any type of retainer is kind of hard to lose. But when it's a pretty substantial one, there's going to be a little pain there. Not to mention, I just freaking love the human that we are working with. Like the 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 human. There we go. Is an amazing person, right? Um, and so it was out of left field too. It was like, hey, we we're chugging along. We had like a list of things that we we're going to do next month. Um, and so listen, listen, it just sucked at multiple levels. Now the lesson here is the way that we treated it. And the way that we've then decided to treat everybody who needed to pause, or even I would say when we reach people that are just canceling, the way that we would treat it. Let me explain. Came out of left field, little bit chaotic, definitely a change in relationship, definitely a change in revenue. And here's the scenario that we could have done. Well, Mr. Client or Mrs. Client, it was a Mr. in this case, by the way, in case you're wondering. Mr. Client, um, when we signed the monthly retainer contract, there were terms in there that said you had to give us a 30-day notice. So we're going to need you to go ahead and pay us next month for services rendered, but we can cancel it after that. Mm. Hashtag dick move. Just going to throw that out there. And I'm sorry if you've actually maybe pulled that card at your business for what you do, and maybe you have to, but for us, this is what it actually looked like. It was you know what, we're going to lean into compassion and belief that the universe has our back and that somehow the retainer that we're losing will come either as it is or twofold by us just being good humans to the human that we're serving who wishes at that point they didn't have to have this conversation. You know how uncomfortable, by the way, empathetic, it would be for that person knowing that they want to continue, but they can't continue because they're going through tough times. And how am I going to go with scenario one versus scenario two? And so literally being empathetic, leaning into compassion and having belief that the universe has our back to me has proven itself over 2023 to be truth, to be the road that we want to travel down. And so, you know, I know we're not really challenging people per se, but one of my challenges for any of the listeners is to realize like there's a way that you have to do business and there's a way that you could do business. There's even a way that you should do business. And my challenge would be, well, should it be business as usual or should you go into the could or should realm dependent upon what change or what pivot is happening around you in your life? That, that's my thoughts. Devin, what about you? 
What's a change that you went through this year and how'd you handle it? Well, well, 2023 has probably been the longest year of my life. <laughs> yes. It has been, to call it a roller coaster would be uh, a, a gross understatement. It's like professionally, you know, it's been fairly stable, but this year it got a divorce. And 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 it was not an easy divorce. This this person wants me to suffer. <laughs> and, and so I've been going through it this year. Um, but having to, you know, pivot every aspect of my life from finances to parenting to my circle of friends, everything. It's it's this this year has been quite the undertaking and it's just life has, has been tough and dealing with that change, managing that change. Therapy helps having someone to talk to. And I mean, that's uh, whether you're going through massive changes or not, I highly recommend therapy for anyone. Um, whether you think you're crazy or not, doesn't matter. Um, you probably are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always the ones that think they're sane. But, um, yeah, no, um, I'm safe then, <laughs> uh, this has been just massive dealing with like personal change. Like even now, like today as we're recording this going into, uh, new year's this weekend, it was like having to constantly refer to documents and visitation schedules. Like, do I have them for new year's this year, dude? And like, how does that work? And it says that it's for parent two for odd number of years, but technically I'm parent two. So it should be in my year, but Oh wait, new year's they count it as the year that it falls on. And so since it's an even year, this means technically hers. So I have them now during the second. And it's like the whole, it's like you're doing algebra just to figure out how you're spending time with your kids. But mm -hmm. it, as far as, uh, you know, dealing with it there are things that you have to deal with just because you, you you have no choice but to deal with them um the thing is is that uh you know life happens and mm. you can either roll with it or be rolled over by it and how you choose to to handle life happening uh is entirely up to you it doesn't mean that you're not going to come out unscathed it doesn't mean that you're not going to shed some tears uh, it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt, but you know, life is going to do what it do, baby. And you mm. just, you just gotta go with it. I love this so much. And Devin, when I listen to you, I, I, I keep asking myself and you know, I'm a big proponent of, is it possible? Right. I love to like, ask yourself, is it possible? Well, I, in a different context this time, I go, man, is it possible that it's a roller coaster, a horror story, and a visit to the dentist all wrapped up in one? Like, maybe that was Devin's 2023, but but my dude, out, out of that, like, the thing I took away is, like, you're still standing. 100%. Like, that is the takeaway. You're take still away. standing. Yep. And, and hashtag props, because the, the fact that you are like, life is going to do what it's going to do. And my brain immediately went to, and it's the decisions that you make in between that, that will make the man or the woman. So this is super dope, freaking super dope. Liz, what about, what about you? I mean, I'll be honest, in many ways, my year kind of rhymes with Devin's, um, with some extra spice and different spice in different areas. Um, I, I went they say what, like you're only supposed to do like one, maybe two 
big life changes per year. Three is the absolute max. Max. You just did all of them, right? I decided to just do like let's just let's just do a twelve month long stress test and see what happens. Uh, I got a divorce. I relocated from Maryland to Connecticut. I had numerous times had to rethink my business due to factors that were within my control and factors that were outside of my control. There were times where, and you know, George, you and I have talked about this at length because you have been, you know, not only a partner, but a a dear friend through this journey. Like there were days where I'm like, I'm getting up because I have a meeting thank goodness I have that meeting. You know what I mean? It, for a long time there, you know, I felt like I was a little deadline machine, which was which was a challenge. So when I think about like uh, the different changes that occurred over this year, there are a couple of things that immediately spring to mind. One, I had to get really good at discerning what were tests that were outside of my control experiences or circumstances outside of my control versus those that were self-inflicted and what can I learn in either case you know because let's be honest when you're going through a lot of change especially if it's traumatic change especially if it's change where you're trying to do a bunch of new things all at once you know be a business owner for the first time relocating all of those different things you know you're going to make mistakes. And then most of all, learning how to learn and grow through those moments, as opposed to getting trapped in the, you know, kind of doom spiral of, I made this mistake. What does this say about me? Yeah. And I'll admit, I wasn't perfect at that all the time. Like, there were a lot of moments this year, where I confronted parts of myself, I didn't know I possessed both good and areas where I needed to make changes. You know, there were times where the I literally didn't know how I was going to get through certain moments, but it came down to, well, what am I going to do? Explode? I still, I'm going to get up the next morning. Like, there's really not, like, you know, it, it, like excluding the idea of like, I'm just going to wake up and implode one day. Like, the days are going to keep going. So I had yeah. to keep going. So when I think about this past year, it's funny. I And I think about my own question, like, would I have handled things differently? It reminds me of the conversation, George, you and I had a few episodes ago where we were kind of goofing on ourselves about like the Thanksgiving episode we did last year. Like, we were effing morons. We had no idea what was about to happen to us this year for different reasons. It's yeah. funny. I can see moments where I'm like, Maybe in that micro moment, I might have made a different decision. But when I look back this year from the perspective I have now and the position I'm standing in, I don't I think this was the path I had to walk, you know, and, you know, there's still messes I'm cleaning up. There's still things I'm learning. There's still lessons. But like I feel really good about where I'm standing right now, even though it was an interesting journey to get here. We'll just call it. Yeah, nobody's it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, nobody said it was going to be a straight road, right? It's it's a windy, curvy, uphill, downhill. Liz, there's three things that as you were talking, though, I want to pull out. The, the ability to refactor your business, the ability to reframe your life. Um, those are two superpowers for anybody who is trying to make it through as life is going to keep kind of chugging at them. But then when you were talking about it, trying to figure out if it was a test immediately popped into my brain, the serenity prayer, religious or not religious, it doesn't matter. You've all seen it hanging in a restaurant. You've seen it hanging maybe in your grandparents' house somewhere. But this idea of God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. Like, just let me accept it. The courage to change the things I can and dang on it. This is the part that was like smacking me in the face when you're talking. The wisdom 
to freaking know the difference. Like that's just a bundle of like good life advice right there. It's like dissect it into this bin or this bin, burn that bin and hope for the best on this other one. Like, let's go. Yeah, that's what made the whole journey so fascinating this year. And I'm sure there are lots of new spicy lessons in 2024 that we'll be talking about this time next year. And that and that's exciting. And that's great and good good for 2024, Liz. You strong Whee! little badass. But when <laughs> I think about when I think about this past year, I think the big thing for me is that I think sometimes we can kind of get stuck in the plot points instead of the larger story, right? Like is the story this year that I had to like reimagine my business in multiple different ways due to events I didn't expect? Is the story really about like the tough mornings, the tough days, the individual moments, the divorce itself? Or is this the year I, I chose me and I bet on myself? And that's how I'm kind of looking to think about it is that I think cumulatively or individually, when you have a lot of events, particularly those that are outside of your control or come out of left field or choices you didn't know you were going to have to make until you were presented with new information, I think sometimes we'll get stuck on what the plot points actually were, like the the events that actually transpired instead of what the story really is that unfolded. And this is where I'm kind of the content nerd, right? The story isn't that Devin and I are divorcees who went through the shit. The story is that this year we are ending it as Devin and Liz, full stop. Our values intact with a clear vision of who we want to be, where we want to go and who we want to do it with. And I think that's a much more powerful and interesting story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. So let's switch gears here a little bit. Why is it? Because we've talked a lot about kind of the negative side of change, but sometimes there are positives, right? Like, let's put it in the inbound context. One of the examples I gave at the start of this, sometimes you can take a swing with a marketing campaign, a piece of content, and it goes viral or it has like wild changes or wild responses that you didn't expect that opens up a whole new world of possibilities. And even that can be truly disruptive. Even that requires you to drop things, change things, adapt, move, pivot, etc. Right? Why is it that even when change is positive or negative, what, what makes us so squirrely about it? What makes us so resistant, even if the change is positive? The thing is um, that we are, you know, for the most part, uh, creatures that have it and we like you know things consistent like case in point uh my mom uh i had to go to philly for a couple days my mom came and while she came um she decided that my house wasn't clean enough and hired a cleaning company to go through and clean my house because my mom doesn't understand boundaries and so now you know in my house looking for things i can find nothing because uh, everything's been moved around. All of my shoes, for some reason, are in the basement. Um, can't find anything. And so, while yes, technically it is a, a, it is a positive change. Well, in, personally, I didn't notice anything except the place smelling different. Um, but uh, it, it, it was tough because it was like that routine was messed up. And I, that change pushed me out of my comfort zone. And, and, and out of my uh, predetermined happy place. Uh, and so um, change, change is tough because it re- requires you to reform new neural pathways and, and to, you know, exercise that neuroplasticity in order to 
uh, get involved and engage that change. But um, yeah, that that is, you know, for me anyway, uh, why change is difficult because you, you have to change with it. And it's not fun. It's not easy. It's like exercising, but without all the endorphins. So I love that you kind of landed on it's like exercising because it dovetails quite nicely into my answer to that question is, to be honest, it doesn't have to be hard. But we don't exercise that muscle if I keep with the same analogy, Devin, that you're using. Like most of us, I'm not saying all because there are probably some listeners that are like, I do that. I do. Sweet. You are awesome. Good for you. Good for you. But most times we're not preparing for it, we're not looking for it, and we're not flat out embracing it with open arms. We're like, "Eh -eh." but there is the ability to become a transition specialist where you are preparing for it. You're actually excited and looking for it, and you're ready to embrace it when it comes. Hub Heroes listeners, this episode is brought to you by Simple Events, a true game changer that integrates with your HubSpot CRM. Ready to revolutionize your event management process? Well, imagine this. You're tasked with planning an event. It could be an intimate workshop or a large-scale corporate event. The thought alone can be daunting. That's where Simple Events transforms your event planning into a smooth, stress-free process. No matter the size of your business or the type of event, in person or virtual, Simple Events is your ideal partner. Simple Events is a comprehensive solution that simplifies every aspect of event management, from creating detailed attendee lists to setting up efficient workflows. Say goodbye to the hassle of juggling multiple platforms. With Simple Events, everything you need is in one convenient place. That's right. Simple Events is about empowering your events and enhancing every detail using the robust capabilities of the CRM you love, HubSpot. Unlike other tools, you can control the full event experience in your HubSpot portal. Are you ready to revolutionize how you manage events? Then visit SidekickStrategies.com forward slash simple. That's SidekickStrategies.com forward slash simple. As a bonus, make sure to use the special Hub Heroes promo code HELPFUL, all capitals, HELPFUL, for an exclusive discount on the Simple Events Pro Plan and step into the world of Simple Events, turning your next event from successful to spectacular. Right? And and again, yes, Liz, if, if you are a person who you just hate change, and you want to try to reposition your brain around it, then you could definitely get the book Who Moved My Cheese because I think it helps with you to start to understand that. But but here's what I want to dig in a little bit deeper to this um, because, by the way, I have a deep relationship with change. I moved 18 times before I was 15. I went to multiple different schools. I have thousands of different friends over my lifetime. I've probably had 32 jobs. I've been a bouncer at a bar and a bartender, you know, bartender and a pastor at a church and a HubSpot guru guy. The internet says, if you do it on ChatGPT, who's George B. Thomas? Do that ChatGPT and see what it says. It's ridiculous. Like, so I, I, I am intimate with change. And the funny thing is that it comes down to, and I love the way that uh, a previous boss 
would would talk about this Remington bag, and he he would always say, and when I say always, I mean this would it would come up in a lot of conversations. He'd say, "Hope for the best." Now, when I, when you hear that, I want you to put in your brain, run the scenarios. Hope for the best. What are the best scenarios? Plan for the worst. Run the scenarios. Right. Hope for the best and plan for the for the worst. Now, my brain, when I was getting ready for this episode and was thinking about Remington and thinking about this, like it doesn't have to be hard. And I got into that mix of the scenarios. Right. Because I do this when I was a kid. Somebody said and it was when I learned how to downhill ski. They're like visualize what what Olympians do is they visualize their run down the slopes. They visualize the race. They'll be in their living room six months before and they're visualizing, they're, they're running the scenario or scenarios that they want for the outcome. So I got in this mental loop of running around scenarios and I started thinking, you know, it's kind of like Avengers Endgame where Doctor Strange reminds Tony they only have one shot and Tony this was there was no other way. There was no because Doctor Strange had run the scenarios. Now, now here's what I'm saying: you don't have to be a superhero, but you just have to allow your brain to take the possible journeys to run the scenarios of what happens if that best case, what happens if that worst case, and and let the branches go right. So that's where I kind of live in this space where I'm always visualizing. What could potentially happen if I were to do a thing? And by the way, anybody who is probably listening to this podcast or has paid attention to the journey, like went from an inbound zero, HubSpot zero, to HubSpot hero, to podcaster, to video creator, to YouTuber, to like marketing, to sales, to sales, to service, to service, to operations, to like designer developer like it's nothing but pivoting and transi transitioning and again i go back to this first of all the mentality it doesn't have to be hard we're telling ourselves a story that it has to be difficult and and living a life where we're preparing for it looking for it and embracing it when it comes when i think about the answer to my own question of why we perceive change as so disruptive i mean humans we're hardwired not only to constantly seek out threats everywhere because there's the oh, okay man that lives inside of us that's like but what if we get eaten Lions. by a stegosaurus like a bit tigers like, yeah i'd like to not that not have that happen bears yeah we, we're also like a path of least resistance kind of people we're in we're inherently lazy and we're programmed to be that way but one of the things that actually got me through this year eventually um after kind of months of ingraining it in my head is this idea that feelings aren't facts. And this is where I started to notice an interesting pattern that was actually, yeah, look at that, look at that. F I started saying to myself, feelings aren't facts. And it's something that's been reinforced by a book that I'm actually currently reading called The Obstacle is the Way um, by Ryan Holiday, who's a big modern stoic thinker. And it talks about the fact that there's a big distinct difference when we look at perceived obstacles. Now, obstacles in this case can be, again, of the negative persuasion and unexpected disruption. They can even be positive because an obstacle forces you to stop, reevaluate, and then move forward in a different direction, right? There's a difference, however, between 
objective assess- assessment and our perception of a situation. And often our perceptions are informed by our fifis and our fifis are trying to get a, keep us from being eaten or we're scared or it's all those little stories that we tell ourselves about a situation that prevent us from doing three key things that Ryan Holiday talks about in this book. And this is from Marcus Aurelius, who was a former Roman emperor, that whenever you deal with an obstacle, there are three things you need to do. You need to look at it with an objective judgment you need to take unselfish action, which means it doesn't matter how you feel about a situation. It doesn't change the facts and it doesn't change what necessary actions need to occur. Mm. And then the third thing, which is the most important, is a willing acceptance of the facts and what must be done. And quote, according to Marcus Aurelius, those are the only things that you really need. And so it's not always easy, but when I think about the idea of why is change hard, it's because of that kind of weird fight or flight response, that that rush of adrenaline, that kind of freeze moment of like, <gasps> I wasn't expecting this. And then we hyper-focus on the feelings, we hyper-focus on removing and, and treating the feelings as opposed to acting in an inspired and purposeful way with the actions that we need to take. It's interesting, Liz. My brain goes, and God, I'm I'm praying right now that I don't get hate mail, but I'm going to share it because my... I just, it's the way I'm built. I wonder if part of the problem isn't because uh, for many of us, our default state is a state of selfishness. Like, yes, fight or flight, but also what can, what's in, let's listen, we've heard uh, Brian and Darmesh both from the stage probably say the what's in it for me, right? Sometime in the inbound stages, we've, we all think like what's in it for me. We, we come, we show up and our perception is from a perception of what did you do to me? What did you do for me? Like, what can I get out of it? And I often wonder, because one of the pieces was this like unselfish acceptance of the, right? Listen, it's hard to do inbound properly if you're a selfish human being. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's one of the reasons why I, I really liked that approach is that unselfish in a way is probably the most radical act of self-care we can do. So the, the second one is unselfish action, right? Doing the thing that needs to be done instead of focusing on self-preservation, addressing the the uncomfortable feelings. And again, I understand that these things all sound great in practice and are great in theory and are challenging. You know, you, I, let's not talk about how many times had to sit, Liz had to sit with her head in her hands this summer and go, feelings aren't facts. Now go to your damn meeting, like <laughs> move, do something, literally do anything. But like the reason why I consider it to be the most selfless act and the most radical act of self-care is that ultimately when you act on facts rather than your feelings, it makes it much more easy to move forward. You're not stuck. You pull yourself out of the mud. It's the irony is that when you move from a pl- to a place of unselfishness, you actually end up taking care of yourself a lot better than you probably thought you would. Facts. Mm-hmm. Facts. So let's start digging a little bit more into the inbound and HubSpot ecosystem. I don't want to get too specific with them just yet, but I want to start with one of our favorite topics here, which is mindset. So when we think about inbound practitioners specifically, not just the humans, inbound practitioners explicitly, what are the key mindsets that they need to proactively embrace going into 2024 before changes strike in terms of how they think about and deal with the unexpected? 
George, yeah, you yeah. look Listen hyped up. and ready to rock. Humans. Oh, Ready? Boy. I'm going to give that again. Listen up. Humans. Like, I would read any book. I would listen to any podcast. I would watch any video that pertains to the topics I'm about to list out. I think fundamentally they are the inbound keys to success and parts that I've built into myself. And I've tried to recreate in those that I've helped with HubSpot over the years. Okay? So get your pen and paper ready. Because, again, podcast, book video, whatever, here's some things that I'm going to throw out at you. One, agility and flexibility. Okay? Listen, can you imagine if it was a boxing match? Let's say it's, I don't know, Muhammad Ali. And he just came, like, straight at you, arms down, like like a dinosaur with, like, tiny like T-Rex arms. You're going to get punched in the face. Not agile, not flexible, not moving around, not dancing, not prepared to pivot or change. Okay? Agility, flexibility. Next one, continuous learning and curiosity. Listen, I love that my spirit animal is Curious George. I I have a Curious George stuffed animal. I think about Curious George. I try to stay curious. I'm always trying to have that growth mindset. Learn something new. Do something new. I, I referenced it earlier in this podcast. Freaking A. I didn't know how to podcast. I didn't know how to edit videos. I didn't know how to be good on camera. I didn't know jack squiddly squat about HubSpot or freaking inbound marketing or marketing automation or any of it. But I had this desire of continuous learning and curiosity of how far I could take it if I actually understood it. Innovate or innovation and creativity. These are keys that I would put in. How can I always be trying to make something just a little bit better than it was? I need to innovate on that. I need to innovate. By the way, when's the last time you innovated on yourself? Good God. Anyway, being creative and having creativity is like the life fuel campaign offers, email copy, like whatever, like be creative. I'm going to bring up the humans. Customer centric thinking. How do you actually have customer centric thinking in your employees, in you, in your company? And then here's the thing that you got to understand about inbound HubSpot, the ecosystem. It's about long term thinking, not short term wins. Therefore, it is based in freaking strategic, strategery, strategy, whatever you want to call it. Right. So if I if I give this to you again, books, podcasts, videos, whatever you can find, just start Googling tonight. Agility, flexibility, continuous learning and curiosity, innovation, creativity, customer-centric thinking, and strategic long-term growth. That's what you should be paying attention to. Can we give a shout-out to Chad and the live audience who took your little list and gave us a brand-new word called flexagility? I love that. I'm I love f- that. I also want to just— It's right next to automagical now. I know. I want to also shout out Chad for this great little nugget, piggybacking off of something you said earlier, George, quote, Chad says, a natural human condition is that your internal reality becomes your external reality. What you have vision for or what you play in your mind or focus on, those winning scenarios become your reality because you're flooding your internal reality with those winning scenarios. Without vision, people perish. The same principle applies to positive attitudes versus negative attitudes. Damn, Chad. Preach. Chad Holy. is preaching in the chat vein. I'm just going to throw that out here. Do we all just get to go home now? Is Chad? It's Chad. Clock do you out. want? Do, we're done. Peace. He's the new host of Hub Heroes podcast. We don't need to be here forward. anymore. He probably follows directions better. George. Speaking of which, Devin, what about you? Oh, ouch! Ouch! Freaking ouch! That that actually hurt a little bit. Are you kidding me? 
George, you wow. literally started this episode by cutting off the introduction music while I was mid-robot hyping myself up going, look, see, teacher, I broke a rule. So, uh, yeah. But I, I love I you, George. I love you, George. Wow. Devin. Well, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> just uh, everything that you think you know is probably going to be close to obsolete or obsolete uh, by this time next year. Uh, like you, you look at 2023 and the impact AI has had on 2023. You look at the impact AI has had on HubSpot and the way we do inbound and just the way people are marketing in general, just in 12 months. And it's like, we have, we have gone so far in 12 months. Imagine what the next 12 months is going to look like. And the thing is that you, you, you can't get comfortable um, with your technologies, with your methodology, you got to be ready to uh, adapt uh, and uh, go with where the change leads. Uh, you don't want to be, um, you, you don't, one, you don't want to be behind, um, but two, you really don't want to be a Luddite. You, you don't want to be the typewriter manufacturer who's shaking their fist at the word processor. Uh, you, you don't want to be the uh, the horse regular or horse regular who is uh, shaking their fist at the Model T. You, you want to you know go with where the technology and uh, everything is taking you. I love that. Don't be the horse wrangler shaking your fist at Ford. That's freaking amazing. So, okay. Admittedly, none of us can predict the future. And we've already started dabbling into this conversation about feelings versus facts, etc. But how can we program ourselves to anticipate change in a healthy way, even if we don't know what it is, without lapsing into catastrophic or fatalistic thinking? And I'm actually going to start here um, because one of my favorite tried and true ways to navigate change is to understand that kind of change is the norm which means what you need to focus on are the things like we were talking about earlier, George, the things that you can control. And one of the things that you can control and make sure that you have clear documentation and organizational understanding around are your processes. So what are your systems? What are your processes? What are the things that support the people and platforms and processes that help you keep running? Because usually that's where I see things start to fall down because sometimes change is a happy one. Like for example, someone on your team who is absolutely critical goes into labor early, but all of the processes live in their head because you have a quote agile organization who doesn't want to get tied up in processes. So you never created a wiki or wrote anything down. Like that's where I think sometimes change becomes a true problem. It's not necessarily the change itself. It's the fact that the ecosystem in which the change is being introduced is not fortified, is not stabilized, is not documented. You have a bunch of people who are quote unquote working together who all have a different idea in their head about how a bill becomes a law across your entire organization. And that's where I think things start going awry. Um, I think the other thing, too, is when you see organizations, George, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, where they talk a big game about wanting professional development and education for their employees, but education and learning is not a mindset that is native to the company culture. And when you have a static mindset where you're not constantly learning, that means you aren't training your people to constantly be evolving. You, They, they will become terrified of anything new that comes along because 
if you don't make it easy or create space for that type of organizational education to occur, the big feeling that they're going to have is annoyance. They're going to feel like maybe it's, it's adopting a new technology or making a change. If they don't have time or aren't empowered to go learn things, they will view that as something that is incredibly negative because it takes them away from their billable hours. It takes them away from the things that they're quote unquote supposed to be doing or the things that they're graded on on their scorecard. So those are just a couple of my thoughts right off the top of my head. George, what about you? Yeah, I, I love this conversation. And it's funny, Liz, because I just kind of try to simplify this because I think if we simplify it, then then people kind of get it. And while you can't predict the future, you can open your eyes to what's happening around you. And what I mean by that is that sometimes it's okay for you to take your blinders off. It's okay for you to pay attention to what's happening around you. And when you take the blinders off, when you take the blinders off and you're paying attention to what's happening around you, you can actually start to do what is like measuring the moment. Man, there seems to be a lot of people talking about podcasting. Hmm. There seems to be a lot of people talking about how this is the year of video. That's a little bit of a joke, but not really. Um, man, AI seems to be a thing. Hmm. Although then you can go into times like, Oh, everybody says I should buy this mini disc player because it's the coolest new technology that's not going to be here in about six months. Right. Like, <laughs> but you're measuring. Devin knows what I'm talking about. The mini disc player. Dan Gon and I bought one of those, too. Anyway, the point is you can measure the moment. And then because we've taken uh, our blinders off, we've paid attention. We've actually measured the moment. The next thing that I try to do is give us the ability to actually prepare to play. Okay. Now you got to pay attention, lean in just a little bit, be prepared <laughs> to play. Listen, some of you might remember a platform called Blab. It was one of the first platforms that came out that was about kind of like this group video chatting like thing that was happening. Did it become the place to be? No. Was it a great testing ground and a place to play? Yes. Start to think about things like Anchor when it came out or, you know, different like different things have come out. Vine. Holy crap. The precursor to TikTok. Where did they become the thing that everybody stuck around and stayed at? No. But those who were prepared to play were preparing for performance in the future on the thing that would actually stick. Right. And so then where I go from that is once you've actually played and you've practiced and that equals perfection and permanence, then all of a sudden you can measure the momentum of you playing and if you continue that or not. So paying attention, measuring the moment or movement that's happening in the culture, prepare to play with whatever it is that's going on and then measure was their momentum gained from me taking time to play and should I now double down and it be part of my legitimate strategy as I move forward? It's pretty simple if you just break it down to those little steps that you're paying attention to. I'm still thinking about the mini disc player. Like that took me back. Like that was supposed to be a game changing technology. That was, I remember that in movies, hackers were busting out mini discs in order to like save the, the world from the nuclear launch and all that. It was crazy. But um, yeah, uh, 
I would take a step back and say, uh, don't get caught up in the pity party. That um, That's one that I think derails people more than they give it credit for, is getting stuck in the woe is me and uh, getting stuck in the why me and uh, uh, trying to find catharsis in the bottom of a wine glass or the bottom of a cocktail uh, and just feeling sad. And yeah, it feels good to get that out, sure. Um, but it's not going to solve your problem. Uh, sitting here talking about how horrible the situation is and how messed up everything is, it is. Um, but, and, and not to negate what anyone is going through, not to say that um, what people are feeling is not impactful. But the thing is that everyone's going through something impactful. Everyone is struggling. Uh, yes, some people are struggling harder than others. My life, uh, a significant portion of my life sucked this year. Um, but I can walk down the street and point to six people who had it way worse than I did. Um, that doesn't mean that my life doesn't suck in relation to everything that I'm going on. But what it doesn't do is give me the excuse to wallow and uh, become stagnant uh, because of my feelings. Um, the only way to get through something is to get up and get through it. You can't get through something by sitting still. So you, you can't just sit and, and, and have a pity party. And that's one of the things I love that you were saying earlier, Liz, that you were telling yourself, get up and do something. you got to get up and, and do. There have been plenty of times in the past few weeks where I've had to tell myself, okay, you got to get up. you got to, like, yes, your bed is comfortable. At least bring the laptop into it and do something. Um, and, yeah, you can't just sit and be sad. That mm. just stop sitting and being sad and feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, rub some dirt on it and gets to moving. You know, I'm going to be honest, oh, Devin, shoot. you dropped a lot of incredible bites of wisdom there. The one thing I will say, though, that I found incredibly hurtful is the realization, thanks to you, by the way, that a 12 ounce can of course banquet isn't going to solve any of my problems. So that's <laughs> kind of a disappointment. Course other than banquet. She's a classy okay. lady. She is a classy lady. That's right. Have you met me? I'm all class. So let's talk about HubSpot and Inbound specifically. There are a yeah. lot of changes that happen now, sometimes feeling like on a daily basis or like literally new hubs or massive changes will just pop out of nowhere. And that can feel a bit overwhelming. George, how would you recommend our listeners? How do they keep up with that? How do they keep that overwhelm at bay while also still remaining agile and open enough and aware of what's going on? God, I wish I had a good answer to that one. No. Um, Fantastic. I mean, listen, you can only do what you can do. And having the understanding of you've given it your best and you're at least attempting or trying, because let's be honest, the amount of product updates – and the changes that have been happening even to the methodology and the um, trainings is a metric butt ton, like a metric butt ton. 
And it's funny because Devin mentioned technology and methodology, right, a little bit ago in, in one of his things. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, are you paying attention to product updates? Is that a daily thing that you're going in and looking at? By the way, it's that's a piece that I teach during Super Admin Bootcamp that we do through the HubSpot Academy is like, listen, make it a daily practice to go in and look at the product updates. A, for the product updates and the education to what those updates mean, because each one of those updates means you could do business just a little bit differently than you did the day before. But also to go in there because you can look for the product betas, because now you can get into a beta that allows the tool to do something it once couldn't do that maybe somebody in your team was asking for. And now all of a sudden you're a HubSpot superhero because you're actually freaking paying attention. Remember, take the blinders off thing that I said. Anyway, you're paying attention to products, uh, updates and betas. By the way, if you've gone through the HubSpot Academy ecosystem and you're a fan and you got your certifications and now you're like, I got my certifications, I know what I'm doing, I'm just going to leave HubSpot Academy on the shelf, you're doing yourself a disservice. I myself, who have been doing this for almost 12 years at this point, went to recert the marketing certification, marketing software. I know it like the freaking back of my hand, but I'm like, you know what? A master is always a pupil. Go hit play, watch the videos, and see what you can learn. It's completely freaking different. Like, it's different instructors saying different things. And so I immediately was like, oh, crap. There are hundreds, if not thousands of people out there who feel like they check the to-do box on certifications, are not revisiting them, are reliving, you know, five, four, three, two years ago methodology in their business, thinking they're cutting edge, and they're no longer cutting edge because they're it's it's become shelf help, right? HubSpot Academy, the thing that was great about it was it was it was inbound self-help. But if it's turned into shelf help, meaning it's in your portal, but you're not looking at it, then you're doing yourself a disservice. So Again, product updates, product betas, and get back in that HubSpot Academy and look at what they've done, redone, or heck, let me not even mention the new certifications that have been launched. By the way, I got to give Jorge Fuentes on my team a shout out. Homeboy just reached certification number 43. Jesus. Which makes it officially one more than I've ever achieved in my HubSpot lifespan. Like, Jorge, holy crap, dude. Remember when 13 was the the move? (laughs) Remember when 13 meant you were like the best in the world? You're let's go let's go back even further when i first started at quintain marketing which was a hubspot agency back in the day in annapolis in 2014 there were five certifications yeah. and three of us got all five of them and john booth one of the owners made us little hubspot certification tiaras with five stars for each of the certifications yeah meanwhile jorge's out here making us all look bad thanks a lot buddy we yeah. really appreciate you good job yeah no i'm i'm like I mean, I was ex- as as a as a boss who invests in the humans in the room. I was excited as a guy who is very. Do I say this in public? I don't know if I say this, but I'm Uh-oh. very competitive. Ve- My family will not play Monopoly with me. I am very competitive, and I saw that forty three in a rush of emotions. <laughs> Good, bad, and ugly ran through my body of like, how do I get in front of a computer and watch a whole bunch of videos real quick right now? Like, I can't be losing. Um, anyway, congratulations, Jorge. You're amazing. You did it. And George is like super happy for you. 
Like totally. I am. I, am. <laughs> I know. I, know. I am. Devin, what about you? Would you add anything to that for HubSpot or Inbound specifically? Absolutely. Two things. One, HubSpot YouTube channel. Um, oh, some fantastic content goes out. I should know. I'm one of the people that creates them. So Heck yeah, you already, are. Uh, go on the HubSpot YouTube channel. Check that stuff out. And then Kyle Jepson, HubSpot Tips and Tricks. Just look yes. up hashtag HubSpot Tips and Tricks on any of your favorite social media platforms. You'll find him there, especially LinkedIn. He has some great tutorials on some of the, uh, uh, on broad topics, but also some of the niche topics. Um, but those are two of my favorite places to stay on top of what's going on. So just to recap, if you weren't writing it down, the YouTube channel for HubSpot and hashtag HubSpot Tips and Tricks. Okay, and now Devin made me think of another one. If you haven't searched for the uh, HubSpot Super Admin U YouTube channel, that's another go-to resource. If you've been in the game for a while and you think you know everything and all of a sudden you want to get your butt handed to you, uh, go watch some of those. They're lengthy, 30, 45 minutes. But holy crap, we're talking about the inner depths of like reporting and like it was the first mover uh, information on the help desk uh, was one of the super admin um, hug things. So like add that one into the mix too. We'll put it all in the show notes, by the way, if you left your pencil at home today. I freaking love that. Okay, so let's look specifically at third-party platforms that aren't HubSpot. So the ones that we find ourselves relying upon, right? Like, I think a term that gets thrown a lot around a lot is rented land. So like your Facebooks, your Instagrams, tools like ChatGBT. How do you walk that fine line of still looking to them as core parts of your strategy without being too wedded to them? Because George, you and I had a very interesting conversation earlier this week about sometimes I think inbound practitioners, marketers, business leaders get a little bit hazy on what it is they actually own versus what they don't own. So George, yeah. let's start with you. Yeah, man, here's the deal. Like, and it's weird to me that we run into this scenario somewhat because like if we take this out of the digital sphere and all of that for a hot second, a carpenter, hammer, saw, level, measuring tape, tool, not married to any of the tools because the tools are actually what help him or her create the house or the garage or the shed, depending on how big the project, but they're not married to the tools that are helping them create the thing. They're married to the thing that they're actually creating makes perfect sense. The lack of understanding that Facebook is a freaking tool, that LinkedIn is a tool, that Twitter or X is a tool, it, it, it amazes me. Like, where is your house? Where's your shed? What is it that you truly need to be married to? And by the way, that's probably your CRM contact list with all the humans that actually are in it. That might be the community that you're building because you're paying attention and you're realizing people, humans, we want a place to belong. And if you create a place that they love you and love the place, that they're going to come there and belong there. Realizing that all things point back to the home the shed, the garage, whatever it is for you. Right now, if you think about your business, if you think about your brand, what are all things pointing back to right now? I'm curious, where is it? How much could it change? Could it just explode? Could it disappear? Whatever it is, God, I hope you have control over it. And not control in like the evil word control, but control of like, True I can make it awesome. 
or I can keep it from not sucking like that, right. that just fundamental control of wherever it is that everything leads back to. The things are tools, ladies and gentlemen, be married to the right thing. That's what I'm going to say. I would even take it a step further. And, and you have to remember, guys, that like as much as as much as these tools design themselves or provide opportunities for small businesses and marketing leaders and all these folks to 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 bring content to those spaces, ultimately, these are shareholder run companies where they are trying to drive revenue. The businesses that use these platforms, we are not the priority. The priority is the ad dollars that they are able to generate and the advertisers and the shareholders who are looking at stock prices and stock prices right now for most places are not pretty or at the very least they're volatile. A lot of people are really anxious right now. So we have to remember that like, you know, we've watched it what, over the past decade, George, as George, or as, George <laughs> as Google has made tons of changes. Facebook has made tons of changes. Um, Instagram got bought in the past, what, 15 years by Facebook, which I know a lot of people didn't like, we've watched tools vanish overnight. Vine walked so TikTok could run. But who knows what will actually be here in the next 10 years? And if the big players are still here, what are they going to look like? Our news feeds are constantly changing all the time as consumers. I recently filled out an Instagram survey because I was quote unquote randomly selected. And I said, I see more ads and suggested content than people I follow than ever before. And it is infuriating. It is becoming harder to get organic eyes on, on your stuff. And that's going to continue. This is, there are so many things where it's a pay to play game. So George, I love that that idea, because I think, you know, control can sometimes have a negative spin. But the reality is, is that we need to keep our eyes on the prize. It's that serenity prayer again. What do you actually have control over? Or going back to earlier, is your energy spent well complaining and raging against the Facebook machine or coming up with a better strategy? Oh, rage against the machine. Well played. Right? Well played. You're welcome. Testify. Thank you. Yeah. Devin, what about you? Any thoughts here? Uh, yeah, don't go back to MySpace. Um, basically, it's like, have you ever seen the videos, the graphs uh, that change over time showing what the most popular uh, websites were uh, over a period of time? And you just see, like, at one, at one point, AOL.com was the most visited website on the planet. Things change. And if people are interested in what you got going on, if you have a community... They're going to go with you um, wherever you go. And all you need to do is just make sure that you are where they're looking for you. I love that. Yeah. All right. Final question, gentlemen. As we look ahead to this 2024 and our first episode dropping in 2024, if you could give our listeners one piece of advice about navigating the unexpected, what would it be and why? I can go first if you gentlemen would like. I'm sorry. I was talking to a five-year-old. But... Yeah, no, the one piece of uh, advice that I would give is uh, lead with integrity. Uh, lead, just go through, I, I, I challenge listeners to go through 2024 uh, with integrity. And, and if you want to do it on hard mode, go through 2024 without telling a single lie, both professionally and personally. Try that one on for size. That's been me for the past 10 years. And sometimes are harder than others. Um, but lead with the 
the the most integrity that you can because the the first step to uh to not lying is not doing anything that you'd want to lie about uh, or that you would feel the need to cover up so try try that try living with integrity some fire right there a little bit of fire uh, a little bit of spice funny, it's, yeah that's spicy when i heard the when i heard uh devin say that i, I my brain flew back to this morning and another recording that we did for a different podcast, uh, the word intention, like mm -hmm. be intentional about the things that you're doing. But that's not where I'm going to go. If you want to hear that, you can just go over to Beyond Your Default uh, podcast and listen to the episode that we did for that. But I'm going to start this section and sort of end this section. You'll go, Liz, but I'm saying my thoughts are oh, yeah. encapsulated with two different quotes. So... The first one is, uh, I don't know, Socrates, you know, <laughs> anyway. Socrates Johnson. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. For our Bill and Ted so, fans out there. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Okay. So I have two questions for you. In 2024, what are you going to stop fighting? And in 2024, what are you going to build that is new. Only you can answer that. But what are you going to stop fighting that you've been fighting? Like, when I think about this and go a little bit deeper, what freedom will you give yourself that you've kept locked away because of historical baggage or beliefs? I'm literally writing that. this question right down. Yeah, like, I'm not let me let me say that in in the, for the people in the back row. What will you stop fighting? What will you build that's new? And what freedom will you give yourself that you've kept locked away because of historical baggage or beliefs? Now, the other quote, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. That's Steve Jobs. My hope, my prayer for all of the Hub Hero listeners, is that you just get a little crazy in 2024. Just get a little crazy and believe that you can change the world. Just get a little crazy and have human-centric marketing and a human-centric business. Get a little crazy and believe in yourself and ask yourself, is it possible? What do I need to stop fighting? What do I need to start building? I don't have any Socrates quotes. So this one just goes out to all my inbound hoes and all of a wide variety of area codes. Holy <laughs> crap. George, did you just spit water out? <laughs> it was real close, but then I saw my, my board here and I was like, I'm not going to spit water on the uh, mixing board. That would be a bad day. So this goes out to all you cupcakes out there rocking the inbound train. Uh, my only piece of advice to you is to this. Change is a feature not a bug when you should actually be worried is when there is no change when your predictions are always right no one's that good change is a constant build yourself that way fortify your organization keep learning encourage your people to learn change like thanos that big purple Ooh. thumb of a of a alien creature is inevitable, all right? So that's nice what I got. Nice back. Nice going back to any games. You know, we could end it right here. However, I can't, Liz. Hopefully, you've got a little bit of an outro, but I have to actually, Devin, I have to kick back to something you said real quick. You said, don't be the horse wrangler shaking a fist at the Model T. 
And for all of you that are listening to this podcast, I apologize because, well, you'll have to go to the show notes. But Devin, when you said that, I immediately wanted to see a visual of that. So if oh, you're no. watching, if oh, you're no. watching this, uh, if this episode, you're going to see on the screen, I'm going to literally put on the screen. Noah's going to edit the video version that I, I went to Dolly 2 and um, this was the masterpiece that I created uh, <laughs> of the horse wrangler shaking his fist at the Model T Ford. So we'll put it in the show notes. You can go watch it in the video at community.hubheroes.com. We live in wonderful times. We live in the years that give us tools, that give us powers that we never had before. Embrace it. Go with it. Liz, kick us out of here. Well, I mean, I got to be perfectly honest. I think that's a fabulous way to end it. That is a beautiful piece of art. But here's what I will say. Happy New Year, homies. We're so glad you're here. We're excited for another, what, 50, 52 weeks of Hub Heroes goodness. Thank you for Let's being go. with us in this journey. Uh, and uh, if you ever want to join a live recording, hang out with us. Talk in real time. See what happens behind the scenes. Because mm. some stuff gets edited out. Join us at community.hubheroes.com and don't forget to leave a review of us on your favorite podcast provider. It helps us get found and we love being told how pretty we are. And that's it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, Hub Heroes, we've reached the end of another episode. Will Lord Lack continue to loom over the community or will we be able to defeat him in the next episode of the Hub Heroes podcast? Make sure you tune in and find out in the next episode. Make sure you head over to thehubheroes.com to get the latest episodes and become part of the League of Heroes. FYI, if you're part of the League of Heroes, you'll get the show notes right in your inbox and they come with some hidden power-up potential as well. Make sure you share this podcast with a friend, leave a review if you like what you're listening to, and use the hashtag, hashtag Podcast on any of the socials and let us know what strategy conversation you'd like to listen into next. Until next time, when we meet and combine our forces, remember to be a happy, helpful, humble human, and of course, always be looking for a way to be someone's hero.